Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. We're coming to you from McMinn Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama, where Dr. McMinn is an integrative and functional MD, and Lindsay Matthews is a registered nurse and IIN certified health coach. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest information on a wide range of topics in the field of functional medicine, which looks for the root cause of disease, and integrative medicine, which incorporates both conventional and alternative therapies. Our overall goal is to help you be the best that you can be in mind, body, and spirit. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without approval from your personal doctor. And now, on to the show with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. Hello and welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast. This is Dr. McMinn from McMinn Clinic, a functional and integrative clinic in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm here with registered nurse, certified health coach, and co-host Lindsay Matthews. Lindsay, more than just about anybody else I know, walks the walk of wellness. She eats, drinks, and lives the entire wellness lifestyle. So I'm really excited to have Lindsay here to be my co-host on the show. Dr. Riman, I am so honored. You of all people are the example of health. Um, hello, everybody. Yep, this is Lindsay here, coach and nurse. And thanks for joining us. We have been talking about this podcast for a long time. We are so excited to share with you the latest information on functional and integrative medicine. Our goal is to empower you to deal with healthcare issues that you have and to help you be the best that you possibly can be, body, mind, and spirit. All right. On today's show, we're just going to give you a brief overview of integrative and functional medicine as we practice it here at McMinn Clinic. So, Dr. Raymond, what makes this functional and integrative medicine approach different for us if we go into a different clinic somewhere else? What makes McMinn Clinic unique? Okay, you know, Lindsay, uh, people ask me all that all the time. What, what kind of practice do you have? What do you do? And it's really kind of hard to explain. Uh, so I've actually put together a visual on that, uh, a graph. You can go to our website at mcminnclinic.com and see it. The graph is called the four axes of care at McMinn Clinic. And what are the four accesses? Well, they are, first of all, advanced prevention, uh, functional medicine, integrative medicine, and optimization. And there's a cherry on top called uh, a foundation of loving kindness. That one always makes me yeah, smile. Yeah. I think that's what been one of my favorite things about working here at the clinic is you exemplify that well, and you nice. always say that. and. Our patients feel that, and our staff feel that. Um, but let's kind of break through those other ones one by one. Um, so advanced prevention, what do you mean? Well, you know, Lindsay, to me, the human body and health is kind of like a chain in a way. Uh, if you think about, uh, let's say if you have a big chain and you kind of tug on it, it's going to break at its weakest link. So what I try to do with healthcare is to, to examine that patient and try to figure out what their weak links are. So I kind of look at my crystal ball and based on, say, symptoms, uh, physical signs, uh, um, uh, personal history, family history, labs, all that kind of stuff, I try to figure out what's going to get them, what are their weakest links. And then what I try to do is to kind of shore up those weak links. And then hopefully by doing so we'll ha let them live a longer, happier, healthier life. Hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. I think even conventional prevention or, you know, you go to the conventional medicine route and you think mm -hmm. about prevention, say, for example, a mammogram, mm -hmm. you know, we think that's preventative, but really mm -hmm. in reality, there's so much more you can do to prevent breast cancer right. down the road. And I think that's what right. you're talking about. It moves beyond just mm -hmm. the 
word of prevention and screening, mm-hmm. but to actually how can you truly advance prevention mm-hmm. disease? Well, you know, so. similarly, uh, Lindsay, you can have a wonderful heart, great kidneys, uh, beautiful liver, but let's say if your brain's not right, you know, uh, uh, let's say if you're getting dementia, all those other wonderful things don't help you. So you, once again, we want to get to that weak link. And, and an- another important concept is that it's, it's all connected. You know, I think sometimes in medicine, um, uh, these days we're, we're too specialized and nobody's looking at the big picture. And uh, you have uh, people going to their all their ologists, cardiologists, uh, gastroenterologists, everybody ologists, and uh, they're looking at their ner- narrow sliver of uh, the uh, the issue. Um, but uh, I think sometimes uh, uh, we forget that it's all connected. And so I try to kind of uh, keep that in mind as I'm uh, trying to help my patients. It's all connected, and you're only as strong as that weakest That's link. That's right. That's right. So what are your weakest links? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, I don't know if we'll get into that yeah, on yeah, this yeah. show. Oh, okay. Not you personally, Lindsay. I'm, I'm challenging uh, the folks out there to think about what are your oh. weakest links. Right. Uh, there's That's a wonderful right. book I read years ago. It's... Um, called a bullet with your name on it. So, you know, something's going to get us all. And if we can sort of anticipate what the bullets are, then we can uh, sort of, uh, um, I think, prevent uh, some of the badness there. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about functional medicine then. Well, uh, I have another graphic for that, uh, and uh, if you want to go to the website again, it's right there on the uh, uh, the front page, and it's called The Fundamental Root Causes of Disease. I think in medicine, we often deal with what we call the top two levels. This, we look at signs and symptoms, and we put a label on it. We call it a certain disease, and we say, here's your pill. And I think that uh, um, for a lot of patients, we really need to kind of peel back the layers of the onion and get down to what we call the root causes of disease. Now, on the graph, I have them listed there, but I'll just kind of go through them. Uh, I think uh, sometimes it's genetic. Um, and, and and by the way, uh, it, in a lot of patients, it's not just one of these things. And, and I, I actually use this graphic with a lot of my patients, patients who are especially kind of complicated patients. They've been to Mayo Clinic or wherever, and they're just not getting better. Uh, what I try to do is to kind of go through this uh, and 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 and. Uh, customizes to that patient. So I'll, uh, I'll uh, take a look at that patient. Sometimes we'll do some genetic testing. Um, uh, is it gut dysfunction? Because there is a gut-everything connection. Gut brain, gut bone, gut skin, gut heart, gut everything. And is it oxidative stress, nutritional issues? Uh, sometimes nutritional issues are interesting and tricky. They can be too much of something, like, uh, for instance, a vitamin B6 can cause neuropathies, or it can be too little of something. Somebody can have a perfect diet, but if they're not digesting, absorbing, metabolizing, if it's not getting into the cells, then it can be a problem. Or it could be aging. A lot of people, you know, they they kind of just assume, oh, you're just getting old. But, you know, not really. Uh, Usually that's just kind of a cop-out, I think. Um, Is it immune dysfunction? Loss of sleep. I call sleep the magic elixir. You just cannot be healthy with a good night's sleep. And certainly chronic sleep deprivation will definitely get you. Is it stress? Uh, you know, uh, stress can affect just about everything. There are some people who feel that uh, about 80% of disease is caused in some way by stress. But uh, certainly that can affect lots of things. Uh, is it hormones and neurotransmitters, uh, occult infections, uh, toxins? What are those? Uh, you look at things like uh, um, heavy metal toxins, organic toxins, uh, mycotoxins. All those things are important. Or is it trauma, whether it be physical, psychological, or emotional? So all of the things are the, the things I look at when it comes to the fundamental root causes of disease. And that's what I call functional medicine, looking for that root cause and treating at that level. And unfortunately, if you don't treat at that level, like especially all my patients with autoimmune disease, they can come in and you can get them on some kind of a drug or a, a cream or a salve or their, their rash. But uh, uh, if you don't treat the root cause, then they're going to be destined to go through life and get more and more autoimmune diseases. So you're better off to kind of get to that functional root cause. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It makes me think about just mm-hmm. the picture of gardening. You know, if you just pluck off the top mm-hmm. of the weeds, mm-hmm. they're just going to regrow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to all of our listeners out there, we will be going through in future podcasts more about the gut-brain connection oh, sure. that Dr. Whitman was talking about and all of those different functional causes of disease. We'll go through those more. So don't worry. We're going to get there. Um, what about optimization or I'm sorry, integrative medicine was our next access, I think. Well, integrative medicine, I look at that as the concept of what I call the expanded toolbox. Uh, and there again, you can sort of see that on the, uh, the graph there on the website. And, uh, what I mean by that, I I think in medical school, most of us MD type doctors, we learn, uh, basically about, uh, uh, drugs and surgery. Um, you know, I'm, uh, uh, honored to be on the faculty at the UAB school of medicine as an assistant professor. I've also taught at Harvard and, uh, as well as Brown and Michigan State. And uh, I have found over the years uh, that uh, um, medicine is somewhat of a, what I call a belief system. Uh, I told my students just this week uh, that um, if I could take you and clone you and send one to a chiropractic school, you'll learn about structural alignment. If I send one to a uh, um, uh, 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 Chinese uh, traditional medicine school in Beijing, you'll learn about acupuncture and uh, um, herbal medicine. Uh, and, uh, or another one to an osteopath school, uh, you'll learn a different way of uh, practicing medicine. But in our MD uh, allopathic schools, we learn mainly about drugs and surgery. And I'm not bashing those. There's a time and a place for drugs and surgery. If you've got a hot appendix, you need surgery, right? Uh, uh, if you are dying of a meningitis, you need uh, uh, drugs. Um, so uh, I, I, those are tools in my toolbox. But what I've tried to do is also expand my toolbox to include other things. So, for instance, if you go to the website and you look up my uh, graphic I put together called the Pyramid of Wellness um, – or you can also just Google that uh, and uh, find that in Google Images. Uh, you'll see that we tr- we try to build what we call a firm foundation. We really work hard on, on, on expanding our toolbox, including nutritional tools and, and making sure the patient gets exercise. I think exercise is one of the most powerful uh, um, uh, medicines on earth. Uh, and I encourage my patients to, to really uh, um, uh, um, embrace that uh, concept. Uh, and, and I think it can really help out with so many things. Um, uh, and I... I, I Walk the walk. I, I never miss five days a week, and I encourage my patients to uh, take what I call a no excuses approach. And we can always have a cop out, make an excuse to not exercise, but I think you just gotta, gotta, gotta do it. Um, and then uh, uh, restorative sleep. Uh, once again, the magic elixir. If you have chronic sleep deprivation, you cannot be healthy. So we get all over that. Um, and my model with that is whatever it takes. Um, and then, of course, uh, weight management, stress, and all the things on the second row spiritual, emotional wellness, uh, social relationships. We underestimate the role of that as well, especially as we get older. And then intimacy, I think that uh, that's at the core of, uh, of our uh, human being. So I think it's important to uh, address that as well. And so, uh, you know, we uh, try to expand our toolbox to things like uh, um, uh, targeted uh, um, uh, therapeutic nutrition, hormone optimization, detoxification, mind-body medicine, and a big, big, big emphasis on gut health as well. And so, um, anyway, that's, that's kind of what I mean by um, uh, um, uh, the integrated medicine approach is where you take uh, the, uh, the uh, drugs and surgery, but you expand your toolbox to include other things. What an empowering approach, mm-hmm. really. I think it gives a lot of hope to patients to not feel like, here's your problem, here's a drug, mm-hmm. and you're dependent mm-hmm. on that for life, but to have all these different options um, and ones that you can carry out sustainably. 
that's beautiful. Well, I, I think it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about that one patient in front of you and trying to uh, pick the tools that you can use to help that patient have the best outcome. And some of the tools uh, you know, we have here, but uh, I'm also very quick to refer to my colleagues and the chiropractic colleagues or, say, a massage therapist or uh, that kind of acupuncturist uh, to, uh, to bring those tools into it. Uh, I call it medicine without walls. You've heard of you know, doctors without borders. I call it medicine without walls yes. because you know, we reach out into the community and develop relationships um, with these other providers. I think historically we, we, we put up what I call turf battles or turf walls. Um, and, you know, MDs don't like chiropractors and vice versa. But I think, uh, you know, really uh, to benefit the, ba- the patient, we need to tear down the, those walls and reach out to our colleagues uh, in the community uh, and, and readily refer when appropriate to, to uh, uh, other t- types of providers like uh, acupuncturists. And I've had really wonderful success with that. That's awesome. Um, and I'm going to put you on the spot, Dr. McMinn. So you were talking about your toolbox and your personal toolbox. I'm going to ask the question the patients ask. What do you do for exercise, Dr. McMinn? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I, I really struggle with that, Lindsay, because it seems like it seems there's always some new exercise fad that comes along. And I feel like I'm, I'm always kind of old school. Uh, um, and maybe I need to kind of get with the more hippest, latest fad or whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, um, I remember uh, as I kind of come up through life. A couple of things I really enjoyed doing. Um, years ago, I used to be on the crew team, and I love rowing. So I have a rowing machine I do, and I think it's really, I like to do things that get me top to bottom, and I think rowing is one of those things. Um, get your core like nothing else. Uh, and then uh, I think the most intensive exercise I ever got was when I used to do cross-country ski racing up north. Um, and uh, I, I love that ski motion. So I have a Nordic track, so I kind of uh, 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 try to, um, the main thing, uh, I'm really a busy guy, so I don't have time to go to the gym a lot, so I kind of uh, uh, will spend my time, maybe uh, uh, five or ten minutes on the exercise bike just to warm up, and then I get on my uh, Nordic track and do about maybe uh, 20 minutes on Nordic track and about 20 minutes on the, my rowing machine. And by the time I finish with that, I've had a pretty darn good w- workout. Yes. Yeah. And I think especially as we get older, like uh, like I am, you know, you want to do things that don't get you injured. You know, they're not um, uh, high impact or that kind of thing. Uh, I know this hit training is really uh, big these days, and, and uh, maybe I should do more of that, but I'm kind of old school with my exercise, and I still those. It gets me in pretty good shape for a, an old guy like myself. Well, that's great. And I think you hit on something, too, that's a common theme for a lot of us, mm-hmm. time, yeah. the time factor, and to find a workout that works for right. you. That's right. Um, that's that's a great tool for our listeners. So. Well, I had a patient just today. Uh, um, uh, she she reminded me of a conversation we had years ago because uh, uh, she came in. She was uh, about you know forty pounds overweight, and she looks great now. And she had no energy, and, and so I went through these fundamentals with her, and I got her exercising. And she uh, reminded me of our initial conversation. Uh, I asked her if she got exercise. She said no. I said why not? She said uh, I don't have time to. And so I said, do you watch TV? She said yes. <laughs> so I said, well, put an exercise bike in front of your TV. There <laughs> and so, you go. And she did, and that got her going. And then and it just went from there, and now she's an exercise nut and just loves it and can't live without it. So uh, it is addicting, I must admit. You know, once you become an exerciser, you just, you just can't live without it. So uh, anyway, that's a that happened just today in my clinic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks for sharing, mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Mayman. Um, so and back to our accesses, I guess we're to the final one, right? Drum mm-hmm. roll. Um, optimization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, so many times in medicine, we, we are just basically treating diseases. We kind of let patients kind of uh, float down the river of life or spiral downhill and they get disease after disease and we just kind of uh, um, give them um, medicines for each disease, like symptom pill, symptom pill. Uh, um, and uh, so what I try to do um, is... Uh, 
um, uh, also to look at the concept of optimization. So, for instance, I have a, a patient who comes in and, and uh, she uh, uh, just has no energy uh, and uh, can't sleep, uh, brain fog, waking, low libido, all that kind of stuff. And that's my classic patient. Um, and I guess, you know, after seeing thousands of those, it could be boring. But, you know, I never let it get boring because here's what I love. I love the outcomes. Uh, uh, that's, that's what I never get tired of because these patients come back and everything is better and they get their life back. You can see the radiant energy in this is a beautiful thing. Um, so, so, uh, uh, so that patient, you know, when they went to their uh, regular internist or whoever, uh, uh, they didn't really have a disease per se. Uh, they just uh, felt terrible and uh, had no quality of life. And so, my goal is to uh, once again help that patient be the best that she can be and be optimized and, and have a robust life. Uh, so um, uh, that's what I mean by that. Uh, and so, how do you do that? You get busy with the basics of nutrition, hydration, exercise, restorative sleep, all that kind of stuff. Get them hormonally optimized and balanced. Uh, um, and uh, and then it, it's never a uh, on-off switch type turnaround, but uh, if they kind of uh, keep it up, they'll see uh, amazing changes. Wow. You know, it makes me think about, um, we just, my husband and I just made a visit to the cardiologist recently and his p- parting words when we left, everything was good with my husband's heart, but he said, you know, I, I hope not to see you again. And, um, I agreed with him, but um, how cool to not just keep people from not being sick and just hope that, oh, you don't get sick, but what would life look like for you if you were operating on your best capacity and how can we get you there? And those are the kind of conversations that we get to have with people. Um, and I mean, what a great pause in life, just to pause and think, how can I take this to the next level? Yeah, uh, another great example of that. Uh, my wife and I were down in uh, Dolphin Island, uh, just uh, down in lower Alabama, um, uh, a couple years ago. We were camping out down there. And um, we ran into a group of bikers, uh, and they were biking across America from California to Florida. And there was a guy in the group. He was 82 years old. And so it really got me thinking, you know, how can I be in that group? You know, how can I be at 82? Because most people at 82 are dead or in their nursing home or in their rocking chair. And so, you know, the challenge is, you know, to, to how can you be uh, uh, that fit and have that uh, kind of robust living at 82 or, or mm-hmm. 62 or 72 or whatever you are? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, 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 the challenge is to be the best you could be at every stage in life. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're we're working for yes mm-hmm. well and it's not like anybody goes out and says i want to i want to die when i'm 60 yeah. or i want to yeah. contract a massive disease nobody intentionally thinks that mm-hmm. but if you don't intentionally choose optimization intentionally choose wellness mm-hmm. you you end up being on a default pathway Correct. with weak links yeah that's right absolutely so absolutely. um and my favorite we gotta go back to it <laughs> Loving kindness. Yeah, yeah. Loving well, you kindness. know, I, I think in a way it's a radical concept, although uh, I must admit I didn't invent it. A lot of people have done it through the years. Uh, when I was growing up, one of my favorite, uh, I guess you call him a hero, was this guy named Albert Schweitzer who, years ago. I think most young people don't really recall that name, but he, I think he won the Nobel Prize years ago, but uh, he was a missionary in Africa. And of course, you know, pe- people like Mother Teresa, I mean, they all uh, brought loving kindness to medicine. However, um, I think in medicine these days, often the patient feels like they're the enemy. You know, they walk in and, and, and uh, I I know I worked in the ER for 20 years in the emergency room, and um, you know sometimes we would just feel, as providers, we feel overwhelmed and uh, almost like this uh, new arriving patients were the enemy. And so uh, at Min Clinic, we try to make every patient feel uh, that we truly care for them, uh, and we hope we can feel that the minute they walk in the door or they when they give that initial phone call. And uh, so the way I look at it, you know, I think that um, it's kind of like um, medicine is mission work. You know, we don't have to go to some third world country to practice mission work. 
I think that every provider can do it in his or her own hometown, uh, uh, one by one by one with those patients. Uh, and I think the combination of high-quality medicine and loving-kindness is really a powerful combination because when people feel that, they feel empowered and they get motivated to change. And ultimately, that produces better outcomes. And to me, that is the key, is outcomes. And so, uh, so yeah, I think it's really a, a powerful medicine. I love that. I want to stand and applaud. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for sharing that mission, Dr. McMahon. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Do you have any further thoughts on that, Lindsay? You know, I'm just grateful to have experienced that. Mm-hmm. I've had a chance to work with you for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And um, I witness that on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. And I think one of the most powerful tools that expresses that loving kindness is listening. Um, and I think you touched on that earlier in, our, in this conversation. But in conventional medicine, people arrive and most often don't feel heard mm-hmm. um, or heard on a deep level. It's like um, the pace of conventional medicine is so fast. Um, and it's it's had to do that yes. for a lot of different mm-hmm. reasons. But um because of that, people don't feel heard, and um, being heard provides healing. And um, loving kindness is the ultimate yes. reason that that's healing. Yeah, so. we'll have to do a show on that, Lindsay. I, I wrote an article years ago for a local paper called uh, "Listening: The Most Powerful Tool in Medicine." I think mm-hmm. sometimes we get caught up in you know all the high tech stuff. We we love the gadgets, but I think just sitting and listening to the patient is really uh, a key, especially to the functional medicine approach. Because with functional medicine, you've got to look at uh, take time to hear the uh, the an- antecedents, the modulators, the triggers, all those kind of things uh, that really affect the disease. And so uh, um, it just takes time, and you have to you have to take that time in order to get the outcomes that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Well, well uh, can I ask one more sure, question? Of course. <laughs> I think probably a lot of our listeners are dying to hear mm-hmm. the story of why you started the McMinn Clinic back years ago in that little house. What started that for you? Well, you know, uh, Lindsay, uh, I, I, it, it was a little bit of a push pull, I must admit. Uh, um, that is, uh, I had worked in the emergency room for 20 years, and, and I think I was getting to the point, I finally realized that the nights just weren't good for me. <laughs> it took me a long time. <laughs> As you said, sleep yeah, is yeah, the magic. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I felt like I was taking years off my life. Um, and so um, I felt the need to make a change. But then when I looked uh, around at my uh, primary care colleagues, uh, um, uh, a lot of them were not very happy doing primary care. And because I think most primary care doctors I know are smart, well-intentioned uh, um, folks who go to work every day to help people. Uh, they're good people. Uh, but uh, I think the system these days, uh, uh, you know, the electronic medical record, the um, uh, insurance companies, all these kind of things, not having enough time with each patient, I think it makes for a, a very difficult environment in primary care. And, and, and uh, I have so much respect uh, for these uh, guys and gals who go to work every day and do primary care. But I just uh, felt personally I didn't want to um, – um, go there. And, and I, I all my, my life, I have been interested in uh, things like uh, nutrition and exercise. Uh, and, and so I felt that there was a niche for this, a, a place for it. Now, at that time, when I got into this 11 years ago, into this integrative functional medicine, there really wasn't much going on in this field. Uh, there were a couple of guys around the country. Um, Dr. David Eisenberg up at Harvard Medical School uh, uh, was an interesting role model for me. Uh, um, uh, and uh, so I decided to give it a go. And uh, so I, I opened up my uh, little clinic uh, 11 years ago uh, in a little house down the street. And, and 
I think I sat around and twiddled my thumbs for about two or three weeks waiting for the first phone call, but it finally came in. But I think what's helped me build my practice over the years is outcomes, you know, uh, uh, by far, because people come in and they get better. And almost everybody who comes here has a primary care doctor. They have an OBGYN doctor, but they're just not getting the, re- the results they want. So um, uh, I work hard at, uh, and I take pride in my outcomes, and uh, these people get better. Uh, and uh, functional medicine works, uh, um, especially for your things like, you know, gut health and autoimmune disease and fatigue and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's for a lot of my patients, it's really their only hope. And so that's kind of got what got me into it is, 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 number one, I felt like I needed to make a transition from the ER. But also, number two was to seek out a, a, a practice style uh, uh, that I could love uh, and I would feel excited about going to work every day. Hmm. And approach it from an authentic place. Correct. Wow. Well, uh, folks. I think that about does it for our show today. Show. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. Check us out on Facebook. Like us. Comment. Give us feedback on things you want to hear. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear on uh, your thoughts on future shows. Uh, also, check out our podcast website at functionalmedicinepodcast.com. And please uh, take a moment to rate us on iTunes. And also check us out at mingminclinic.com. And uh, for those of you who might be interested, there are many old podcasts I did many years ago when I had a radio show. And uh, they're on a wide variety of topics. And you can find them on our website at mcminclinic.com or just search McMinn on any major uh, uh, podcast search engine. Until next time, take care and be